Hi, I'm Rob Vilnev, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. We all strive to help our customers accomplish what they set out to do without unnecessary barriers. And it's critical to empower your employees in the same way. Our challenge as leaders is to learn to trust our employees with any and all information they may need to get their job done. It can feel scary to share company secrets or really important information, but including your employees and demonstrating a high level of trust can unleash them to do their jobs better. The more we understand about our environments, the better we become at navigating them. The key takeaway here, make your people awesome by giving them every tool they may need and watch the productivity rise as a result. Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada. Is your startup financially fit? Join 10,000 entrepreneurs across Canada building financial foundations with Intuit QuickBooks. Attend a Startup Foundations workshop online or in a startup community near you and receive a free one-year subscription to QuickBooks Online. Visit www.startupcan.ca forward slash finance today to register. You need to be available when a customer needs to reach you. Business depends on it. Rogers Unison provides the powerful features of a traditional desk phone in a simplified and truly mobile solution. No apps to download and launch. No mobile data usage charges for phone calls. No need to pay for unused landlines or desk phones. And the ability to route incoming calls to whoever's available. No more missed calls. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash unison. paid faster. Create and send professional email invoices in minutes with PayPal. Join over 250,000 Canadian businesses using PayPal to accept payments. Get started today at www.paypal.ca forward slash small business. A real entrepreneur with a gourmet burger business serving up real questions with a dash of reality. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. And now broadcasting from Fredericton, New Brunswick, Rivers Corbett. Welcome to the Startup Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across the country. With day in the life stories and in their shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale up companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular Hi, listener, welcome back. And the CEO program, of don't forget to visit the iTunes store to, to subscribe. And visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I am your host, Rivers Corbett, founder and CEO of Coaching by Rockstars. Ever thought about a career as a business coach? Coaching by Rockstars teaches business coaches how to build a successful coaching business from scratch. Visit coachingbyrockstars.com for more information. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be an epic conversation because today I have on the podcast Kelly Level. She's a 14-time award-winning thought leader. That's right. I said 14, a two-time TEDx speaker and CEO of the Level Corporation. The Level Corporation helps Fortune Global 500 companies build effective youth marketing and millennial employee retention strategies. Level is also the founder and CEO of My Effect, which is a personal development platform that helps people and organizations differentiate in the market by tracking skill building, volunteering, and leadership achievements. In today's interview, we're going to be talking about what it takes to be a young leader on the global stage and how to bridge that gap between youth, business, and community. Kelly, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. And look, you know, 14-time award winner, two-time TEDx speaker, and CEO of two businesses. I mean, how do you bring all of your ideas to life? <laughs> well, my journey, I think, like any entrepreneur, is very organic. Um, when I I never really set out to found Lavelle Corporation, um, where it really all started was I was a young, passionate leader who um, – wanted to create change in our world and no better person to create that than no better way to do it than do it yourself. And so what I ended up doing is started my journey as a motivational speaker, helping to um, empower other young entrepreneurs and change leaders like myself to find the power they had to pursue their ideas and gain the experience they needed. Um, And then what I realized is that motivation, that mentorship only went so far and that if I wanted to create anything really more sustainable and really help bridge the gap for my peers to create better opportunities for youth to thrive, that I had to build a business, one that worked with corporations and stakeholders on the other side of the spectrum to work with them to create and adapt their opportunities to better meet the needs of my peers. And that in itself ended up becoming, I guess, the foundation to what Lavelle Corporation um, started as. And then all the businesses and portfolios under the company all kind of organically came like a snowball, uh, one after another, as I learned um, different (laughs) avenues that I could better bridge the gap and more holistically solve the problem. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. The incredible stuff. And uh, first of all, by the way, I had mispronounced your last name when I uh, when I started, and it's Lavelle, right? Correct. Lavelle. Just like love. <laughs> all right. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, look, thank you so much for that overview. Very uh, in-depth and, uh, and uh, you know, very, I, I think, astounding that uh, you uh, are taking that passion and are really creating something that's special for yourself, but also listening to the, your inner voice and says, okay, I need to do more with this thing because it's uh, it's really going to need to have structure behind it and so on in creating your corporation. So that that's really cool. Can you walk us through it? a day in your in your life and uh, you know I know you brush your teeth and I know you wash your face but you know how do you start and finish your day kind of how that's how does that work for you <laughs> my days are no, no days ever the same let's just say that yeah. Yeah, um, I believe it because um under Lavelle Corporation I have about five different portfolios so we have everything from digital media um and marketing to then um, um, speaking, which is live presentations. And then we also have a media series and such. So we have many kind of moving parts 
and then I have a tech startup. So they're very different. Um, so every day is a little bit different. Uh, I usually spend most of my days um, in meetings or working with my team. And what I like to always, I joke about often is my day really doesn't start till <laughs> after eight o'clock when I get home and I actually get to do my real work. Because <laughs> when you're in, because when you're during the day and you're doing your meetings and you're working with your team, you never actually have time to get any of your portfolios done because you're always helping everyone else. Um, right so my real days, my most of my work days um, start in the evening once it's dark. I'm a little nocturnal that way. And then my sweet spot's usually between 12 and 3 a.m. That's when I get my most work done and when all my emails go out. So anyone who knows me, they'll get their emails at like 2 in the morning <laughs> as I catch up on all my edits and, and conversations. Um, and then I get up and, and do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. So three o'clock. So uh, how many hours do you sleep? Um, I've been trying to get about six hours. I have sometimes do not always follow that, but I'm right. trying. My New Year's resolution is to get a little bit more balance in terms of sleep cycles and such. So trying to move that clock back and, and close down my nights a little earlier, but it's getting tougher and tougher and my mornings are getting earlier and earlier as I get more and more meetings. So it's, yeah, they're course. working against me. <laughs> right on. So, well, let's kind of dive right into your habits, your, your, your productive habits. I mean, that's a lot in a day. How do you, uh, you know, do you have any uh, hacks that you would say, oh my gosh, this is, this works so great for me to work with my team, do what I need to do in the evening. Yes. Try to get that sleep with them. And is there, there's so many things that's special that you do that you think other folks might, uh, who, who have got busy schedules too, might be able to take advantage of. Um, my biggest advice would be schedule your to-do list. And I know that sounds silly and trivial and like, why wouldn't we schedule the to-do list? But instead of everyone, I find, and not myself included, um, have a tendency to make lists of these are all the things I need to do. And some will prioritize the list and say, okay, this is my top thing. This is the first thing I'm going to do. And what I find is when you're an entrepreneur and you have so many things on your to-do list, it can get so overwhelming that what I, I experience often is like brain fog where you do, you're so stressed out because you have so much to do that you can't think straight of what to start on, or you get sidetracked and you're stuck on one task and you waste your whole day because you're, can't get the one task done because you're so stressed out. You can't think of the right marketing words that you want or something. And then you miss out on your to-do list. So if you schedule it in your calendar and say from nine to 10, I'm working on my marketing brief. And mm. then from 10 to 11, I'm working on social media. It keeps you on track and, and kind of helps decloud some of that fog and that stress that might be um, accumulating from your to-do list. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, and of course, by getting it down, you don't have the stress of having to remember about having to do all that stuff too. So that that's very cool. Do you um, do you plan uh, like two days in advance to do that uh, the night before? Is it how how, uh, how far in advance do you plan for your activities? Like you just talked about. Um, well, I generally have a tentative schedule. Uh, in advance, but generally I update it every night before I go to bed. It also yeah. helps with sleep because gen if if you're any entre entrepreneurs' minds race often, and what I find is all the ideas and thoughts and things that you forgot about in the day always pop up at night. So if you yeah. take like five <laughs> minutes before you go to sleep and just spill it out all onto paper and then plan out that day, um, it really allows you to kind of shut your close your mind for and have a restful sleep. 
Do you go seven days a week like that? Yes, I work all day. <laughs> you know, you're really so. What do you What do you do to to zone down? And, and uh, you know, what's what? I, I always I always hate that thing about you know uh, work life balance. It's such a silly thing to me. Uh, work and play are all about life. So, what do you do to for your uh, for your time for for Kelly's time? Not 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 for your corporation. Um. Well, I really enjoy. Um, I really enjoy, I find um, doing things that just like a half an hour TV show is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, lately, I've been trying to get into things a little bit more, um, doing something like a, a yoga. I used to be a competitive mm. dancer and very athletic, but since becoming an entrepreneur, I kind of lost all that because <laughs> uh, I have no time in the day to do any of it. So I've been trying to get back into doing like an evening stretch or a little mini um, Zumba or something um, just to kind of have some me time. Um, and then I do some girly things like I'll do, mm-hmm. I'll go get my nails done and that will be my, sure. my month, my thing in the month that I'll do for myself. <laughs> um, so really just in general, for those listening, I just kind of find one thing that still reminds you of you um, yeah. and make sure you do it at least once a month. I don't say like once a week because it entrepreneurship so crazy. Everyone's schedule is different. It's it's sometimes not realistic to be always to put that in all the time, but if you can at least do something once a month, that's like special for you and reminds you of you. Um, it's really good to have. Yeah. I love it. Remember to be you. I think that's so cool. So, um, two time TEDx speaker, what was your, what were your, was it the same topic both times or were they, uh, what, what did you speak on? So the first topic was stop listening to the nose. Um, and that was focused on, um, that was actually very early in my entrepreneurship journey, probably the year I had founded Lavelle corporation. Um, and that was really kind of focused on this idea that, um, into the society's full of negative negativity. You have people are going to be naturally more apt to tell you why an idea is going to fail or why it won't work mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. the, the potential of that idea. And so mm-hmm. how to use that um, doubt around you. And even sometimes the doubt that you have in your internally yourself and let that propel you forward and use that instead to motivate you to, to make it happen. Um, so that was um, my first talk. And then my second one was specifically, specifically focused on youth and the power that youth have in enacting global change and um, what they can do in, in their youth um, to bring their ideas to life. So let's talk about that. Uh, um, you know, how do we unlock the potential of youth through, uh, through uh, entrepreneurship? You're a, you're, you're a youth mo- mobilizer. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, the, I, re- I really believe that youth are not just leaders of tomorrow. We are leaders of today. We are already doing incredible things that are shaping our world. If you look at all of our, even just kind of the topical issues right now and the news that we see from world issues, if you look at kind of the stems of all the protests or the movements that are going on um, enacting mm. change, they usually all stem from youth groups. Um, and so my advice is really to first acknowledge that age doesn't um, determine leadership um, potential. And it all because you reach a certain age doesn't all of a sudden miraculously mean that you're going to be more successful than you were two years ago, just because you're at that mm-hmm. age. Um, you have youth have the tools available 
right now to start bringing their ideas to life with mm. um, the digital world. You have access to learn you. If you need to learn code, you can learn that through Khan Academy online. If you need to um, connect with suppliers in a different country or um, find peers that share that vision, there's so many resources online to do so. And organizations like startup Canada who are there to support mm -hmm. you along the way that really there isn't any more, there isn't a prerequisite now anymore where you have, where you have to wait till you achieve a certain credential um, mm. or age before you can really start bringing those ideas to life. What's your age? <laughs> You're not supposed to ask a woman her age. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking this spectacular woman her age. And the reason I'm going to, I have a specific question centered around the age. So could you, um, <laughs> what is your age? <laughs> okay. She was 24. So, so my, and that's right. You're not supposed to, but there's a lot of things on this podcast I'm not supposed to do. And I still do anyway. <laughs> so here's a question for you, Kelly. At what point does, does Kelly, if at all, because you are, your business is very much about, about youth and, uh, and mobilizing that. Is there, is there a point when your age, when you reach 34, that you say, I can't, can't lead this organization anymore because, uh, you know, I'm not a youth uh, or have you thought that far out? Well, certainly, um, I kind of liken it. Um, well, which interesting is obviously our definition of youth does exp is, is growing as yes. we, <laughs> as we, um, progress in right now, um, like governments really look at 29 and under, but mm. if you look at just millennials, millennials are uh, 35. So, mm. um, it is expanding, but overall, um, yeah, there's succession plan in it where a lot of my work focuses on mentoring and coaching other young entrepreneurs. Ah, so okay. instead, yeah. um, helping to build a, a network and a force of young, young leaders that can hopefully take the reins over as, I Love it. mature. Um, yeah. so we can kind of be a collective force. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, um, my, uh, my grandfather was 91 when he died and he, uh, and he gave me a great piece of advice. He said, Rivers, you know, uh, he said, I don't have friends that are only my age. And obviously there wouldn't be many of them around. He says, I've got friends that are 20 friends that are 32 and so on. And I like that whole thing of a collective because uh, youth is, is really a mindset. Ultimately, when you get right down to it, it's uh, there's a lot of old 22 year olds and a lot of young 72 year olds. So, um, you know, I like that. I like how you presented that uh, collectively really brilliant ladies and gentlemen. It's that time where we need to take a very, very quick break, but we will be right back with more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, seven days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Scotiabank understands what's involved when businesses first open their doors and the support that's needed to keep them open. 
They are helping customers respond to the speed of business, making it easier for entrepreneurs to open their accounts and apply for business loans online in minutes. To learn more, visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business. Thank you to our sponsors and we are back. So can you, uh, can you talk about your personal brand? You know, what makes you, you, I mean, we know you're a hard worker. We've know you've done some spectacular things with winning awards and, and leading a, an amazing organization, but you know, what's, uh, what's, what's your personal brand? Yes. Well, my, uh, my brand is really lives and breathes youth. That, that really is um, my brand, but my, I guess you could say, um, um, I really believe in kind of authentic um, connections and, and leadership really that um, in order to be a leader, you must first believe in yourself. Um, so you can say my brand's a little bit quirky and unique that way. Um, I've been likened for my trademark hair accessory that regardless of if I'm meeting with a CEO um, or heads of state in a boardroom or whether I'm at a mall or at a school assembly, I'll have a cute little hair accessory intact or uh, wear nice. frilly skirts and things that wouldn't necessarily be, um, I guess you would say, to blend in. Um, yes. and, and I, and I, that's been likened to my brand and really, I guess it's rooted in this message that, um, if people can't accept you for who you are, then they're likely ones that you wouldn't want to do business with anyways. So mm -hmm. it's a way to kind of, um, share your voice, um, and, and, and still keep up, like we talked about a little bit earlier about this idea of in the whirlwind of business, how do you stay grounded? For me, mm. it's through those little things that just remind me of who I am. And so I don't get swept up in the tornado that is entrepreneurship. That's so cool. Love it. So tell us about, uh, let's talk about the level. Uh, did I pronounce that correct? The level? Lavelle. <laughs> Lavelle, jeez. The Lavelle Corporation and my effect. So uh, what have been two of your biggest learnings of the CEO of those two businesses? Greatness takes time. Number one learning out of my entire life as an entrepreneur. I, I think it's yes. um, particularly when you're young, you, you're so naive. I remember starting off as like, oh, I have this idea for this. I want to do like this national fundraiser. It's like, oh, <laughs> and then they asked it, and we'll do it in two months. It'll be all set. It'll be ready for spring. And I remember all these mentors saying, Kelly, like you need a year to plan something like this. I'm like, oh no, we can do it. <laughs> Kind of this. Now we're planning. Now I'm in like corporate mode and I plan like over a year in advance for all of my campaigns. It's, just, <laughs> Perfect. it's a little culture shock there. Um, so greatness takes time. I, a lot of things you'll, as an entrepreneur, you're going to do a lot of things underground where people are going to think you're not even moving at all um, uh. and kind of ask you why you're doing these things. And then all of a sudden, after all this hard work and all this time, when people weren't thinking you were doing anything, it's going to pop up because they only uh. see the tip of the iceberg, not the bottom. And so reminding uh. yourself of that, um, even when you're looking at successes you admire, remembering that they probably did a lot of, there's probably a lot of hustle that you didn't see before they achieved that mm, um the it. second the second attribute um that i've learned is um to also be a little bit spontaneous um i used mm. to i used to be um or very organized in um, wanting to plan and know my the kind of the next step forwards and things and i learned the more 
the more that I started to be open to just letting opportunities come and mm-hmm. not trying to force the opportunities, um, that's often when the opportunities would arise. And because mm. if you aren't kind of, if you don't have a planned out uh, summer or whatever kind of, if you don't have your schedule set in stone, um, it allows for those opportunities for you to actually jump on them and take advantage of them. So that was my other kind of learning curve was to always leave a little bit of buffer room or wiggle room to be flexible, to, um, be able to accept opportunities when they come. Yeah, that's, um, I'm reading a book now called the surrender experiment. And I don't know if you're a reader, but if you are, it really, what you just said there, leaving room for those opportunities to come into your life. That's what a lot of what the surrender experiment is about. It's a brilliant book and it, and it, uh, it really is keeping yourself open. So that, that's cool that you've done that. So I want to role play for a second. Um, you're now the prime minister of not Canada, but the earth. Congratulations. You continue to do wonderful things. So now you're the prime minister of earth, Kelly, what's going to be your first course of action? (laughs) Action in which regards? As the, you've just uh, taken the oath of office uh, and now you're the prime minister of earth. So um, it's your choice. Well, I but in terms of the question, is it like, what, what like global issue do I want to end or, yeah, let's, let's, okay, so let's let's get some, something that's really near and dear to you personally, and then uh, your second course of action would be near and dear to uh, to youth. So don't answer the question on youth because we know you're going to do something really cool with that. I'm trying to get into a deeper part of of Kelly. So uh, is there something that's that's uh, that's pretty important to you uh, from a community and a society perspective that you would deal with right away? as the prime minister of earth? Um, yeah, I would first, for me, um, I would remove violence, I think, would be mm. the very first thing. Because I think um, before you can before you can have, well, I, I would do that in two ways. I would instill empathy and remove yeah. violence because I think they work hand in hand. I think yes. um, if we had more empathy for each other, we wouldn't have as much violence. Mm. Um and then um, it's hard to, and then obviously um, the violence uh, kind of curbs um, s- spreading empathy um, as yes. we get scared and add fear to our world. So I would first remove that. Okay. Um, and then once you have empathy for others, I feel that would be the root of being able to help solve some of our problems because you'd be able to relate to those who are experiencing um, homelessness mm. and poverty and addiction and abuse at a different level. Um mm. And then, of course, yes, naturally, <laughs> my focus would be on youth, mobilizing the 1.8 billion of us around the world um, and using us as a force of good. <laughs> oh, that's cool. No, I love it. I love the empathy part. So thank you for allowing me to continue to dive in and uh, find out what you would do. So you're uh, you're taking off the hook now. You're no longer the prime minister of Earth. But uh, if you were, I think that'd be a cool place to start. But you have been internationally recognized. You are Her Majesty the Queen's young leader, the Governor General of Canada's Caring Canadian, and the youngest 2013 Canada's Most Powerful Women, amongst all kinds of other recognitions. So... We talked about you being 34, so I know you're 24. Uh, where do you see yourself at 29? Um, I see, I see my companies on a, 
are that are global corporations. So see having I see them having several offices. We'll have um, we'll have a I'll have one in in California, and I'll probably have a condo in New York uh, just to travel in for meetings and such. Um, and then I really want to keep our head offices still within um, Waterloo. I think that. Uh, innovation culture here is really unique. The more yes. I travel globally, the more I start to appreciate uh, yes. what I have here. So definitely want to keep an office here, but definitely um, I see them more as self-sustained global corporations, um, perhaps maybe as big as some of our brand, uh, like a household name for that we may know <laughs> today, but on, um, but f- particularly for my tech startup. Yes. Um, and then uh, moving on to my next, my next venture, so to speak, uh, I probably looking at how I can take things, um, to that next level in terms of now that things would be moving and the businesses would be sustainable, how I can then be a better force for good with those businesses, mm-hmm. even though most are social ventures to begin with, um, being able to set up a foundation or doing more actual, just charitable work in addition to just social impact would probably be my next step. Uh, that's awesome. Just love it, love it, love it. So I mentioned about a book a little, little while ago. Do you read? I mean, do you read books on you know, a regular basis? <laughs> uh, I, I do read. Um, I don't have time to read a lot of novels. So I am I'm definitely do a lot of online reading instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. But with that being said, we just actually launched my first book uh, last week. So certainly, cool. <laughs> um, certainly good. How to do I get it? <laughs> well, actually, we just launched the Kickstarter um, last week. If you go to changegen.com slash book, C-H-A-N-G-E-G-E-N.com, um, it's a collection of curated stories of over 200 young entrepreneurs from across 59 different countries who are changing our world and how young people or even um, uh seasoned entrepreneurs can learn from their stories of triumph and struggle um, to forward their own ventures. Can you talk, can you talk to us about one of those stories that really resonated with you? Um, Well, certainly we have everything from ages six years old who have started their own nonprofits to 10 year old entrepreneurs to, um, to up to 29 year olds who have created enabling technologies. A couple standouts would be um, we have a Romanian inventor um, who at 19 created these um, created glasses that restore almost like a crazy, like almost 95% of the vision to um, the visually impaired. Um, then we have um, a wow. young little girl from uh, the United States who was born with half a heart. And uh, she decided to start a nonprofit organization that develops heart compression pillows for uh, children because they're um, when she was going through her surgeries, there weren't any. They were only they were only size for adults. She has mm. since um, benefited over ten thousand children um, wow. through her little heart pillows. Uh, just stories that either completely wrench your heart with inspiration and motivation to things that just blow your mind in terms of how do these youth come up with these fantastic ideas. Um, this book certainly. Um, it in, empowers you to find your own inner change later to overcome mm. it, your circumstances. So um, I'm really excited to launch the book. It's taken over a year and a half to curate these stories. We mm. literally searched the entire 
um, every continent of our globe um, to find these bright young entrepreneurs. And um, what's really great about it is it's a buy one, give one model. Um, so mm -hmm. the Kickstarter will fund 500 donations um, to gift the book to at-risk youth who are undergoing struggles of homelessness, um, abuse, or mental health issues. Um, so they can find strength and hope from reading peer stories who had overcome those similar issues. You have got to be an incredibly interesting person to hang out with. I mean, just your experiences that you've gone through in those deep reaches inside of you say, oh my gosh, this would be so cool to do this idea. I mean, that's uh, that's wonderful. The idea came up, but it's, and it's not these stories that are, you know, you talk about the ideas they came up, but then how they bring them to life too. And that's exactly what you're doing. I mean, it's just incredible. Really is incredible. I, I look forward to you listening to you on this podcast because it's a, it's a wonderful conversation. And so I, I'm curious about how did you find these people, these young people, powerful entrepreneurs and continents around the globe. How did you, how did you find them? And then how did you pick them? How did you pick the ones that you wanted to have in your book? <laughs> because I'm a youth mobilizer. You had, I think it, you had the one, you had one question. Um, what is a youth mobilizer? And I, um, I'll answer that question in this at the same oh, time. Oh, you're reading the script, aren't you? And <laughs> <laughs> in, in the sense that, um, so I invented youth mobilizer. It was a title that I uh, kind of adopted early on in yes. my journey. Um, yes. And really that's what my specialty is, is sitting at the intersection between youth and um, industry, um, helping yes. to connect society and with young entrepreneurs and um, leaders, and then helping those leaders connect in with society and businesses to bring their ideas to life. And so mm. um, I've been, I'm at the pulse really of um, anything to do with youth empowerment and youth leadership is, is kind of my forte. Um, mm. And really, I, I set out and I, we literally um, scoured um, the, the internet and online and found mm -hmm. youth in really unique places of like, we would find these little teeny mentions of, of a youth in a newspaper or something, and then we would chase them down and, <laughs> and find their story. And um, so it was quite the endeavor to collect all the stories, um, but I, I really wanted a mission of making sure that it had a real a global representation um, yes. of various cultures and different circumstances. So we have youth who are right now still living in poverty, but are, are doing some incredible things with the resources that they have available to them to really make sure that it wasn't just like a westernized book, but really show, but really shared um, candid um, real experiences from a global perspective of, of youth that they could relate to regardless of where they're from. Wow. Just incredible, Kelly. And this conversation, um, you know, I've, uh, one of the things that, that, I do every year, and I would be curious to know what your answer would be to this. Not, not that you'd have to give it to me today, but it'd be interesting you know, when you think about it. I try to pick one word that's going to define my my year, and my word for this year is epic. And my friend, this has been an epic 
conversation today. I can't tell you how much I've appreciated your time, the journey, uh, what you're doing. It's absolutely phenomenal and fortunate enough to have this conversation. And now uh, definitely going to uh, uh, keep connected to watching you and what you're doing with your organization, those people. Just a brilliant, brilliant conversation. Do you have any any final observations, uh, even one that you would like to say? This is, this is the one thing that I think entrepreneurs in general, not necessarily youth entrepreneurs, Entrepreneurs, I know that's the focus, but uh, entrepreneurs should uh, should really remember on their journey. Um, remember purpose, I would say. Um, regardless of your industry or your venture, or whether you're young or old as an entrepreneur, um, you're going to get pushed uh, in many different directions and and told to pivot and shift and mold your ideas. And that's all part of the evolution and journey. And you very much should be being able to be malleable and, and, and adapt to it. But don't let your purpose get swept up along the way. Your purpose is that guiding principle and light and that passion that that's going to keep you working to 3 a.m. in the evening. Um, and if you lose sight of that, you lose sight, I think, of the heart of your business. So um, I would just remind everyone to to remember that. Beautiful. Well, ladies and gentlemen, in Canada and uh, in other parts of the world, actually, because we do have uh, listeners that come in from uh, other parts of the world, too. Uh, you've had a treat today with uh, Kelly Love L. Love <laughs> I got to get that <laughs> right. <laughs> you have been amazing to speak and speak to. And thank you so much again for your time, Kelly. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And then for those of you listening, I'd be pleased to connect with any of your entrepreneurial journeys or if you have any other questions, please tag me online. It's Kelly A. Lavelle, L-O-V-E-L-L on Twitter, Instagram, any online channels. It's all the same. Um, And I look forward to connecting with you. And can they get, uh, you gave us the, uh, the URL for to get your book, but if they just went to uh, what you, where you just sent us, can they uh, find out more information on the book there? Yes, they can. And then it's uh. changegen.com slash book. Yes, I love it. I love the promotion. Very, very cool. All right, folks, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening on the Startup Canada podcast and uh, have an epic day. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to more awesome entrepreneur content? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats and hashtag startup school, which you can catch every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Steve Beauchene, CEO and co-founder of Bose All Natural Brewing, and you're listening to Startup Canada Podcast. So let's let's go to the you sold your company to your employees, presumably, again, based on my script, uh, on your 10th birthday. So you did two of these things. So can you talk to us about the, the selling of your company to your employees and what that's what's that's meant for the company since sure. then? Sure. So the from a, a legal technical side, the the program that we are running is in a employee share ownership program quite often referred to as an ESOP Mm -hmm. Um, but what it basically is uh, is 
we started the brewery off um, obviously not with enough money to, to get the thing off the ground and so friends and family put some some money into the company and uh, over the last 10 years they've seen uh, on paper the value of of their investment go up dramatically but because we're growing quickly we're not issuing dividends and things like that so they're not actually seeing any any actual cash right. some of these friends and family members they're getting into their 70s and they're they're starting to say hey is, is there any way to ever get any money out of this thing and uh, so what we've done with this uh, with this ESOP program is we've said okay the hardest part of getting your money out of a private business is, is finding buyers and and from our perspective as a brewery we don't want just anybody as as an owner here so we don't even we're not even going to let you just just sell to anyone because you know we, we just we we're very very uh fiercely independent right so so what we said is let's set up this model where uh over time our employees can buy your shares and so the way the the process works is first we went to uh an independent third-party valuator uh they decided what the value of the company was based on revenues and profit and everything else debt load a big big long report and it came up with you know this is how much uh the company's worth and we said to the investors uh, this is how much your shares are now worth. How much would you like to sell? And the investors that wanted to sell said, okay, this much. And then we turned to the employees and said, okay, we now have this many shares available. How, how much would you like to buy? And then we basically, we act as the intermediary to just match it up. And then this process repeats every year so that over time, the goal is that a hundred percent of the shares that are out there will be owned by people who are actively engaged in the company. And so what this Love does it. for me and yeah, what this does for, for me and dad is we now have a, a guaranteed exit plan from our employees perspective. This is huge because they're no longer just working for a paycheck and they're not just working because they like the, the values mm -hmm. of the company. They're now part owners with us and every decision they make is now through a lens of I'm an owner here uh -huh. I I want to see this company do as well as humanly possible because I'm going to be one of the ones that really benefits from it and uh, I, I kind of feel like in a lot of ways making this transition was really um, living up to a promise that we, we'd made and obviously we didn't promise our employees they'd all get ownership of the company but when we hired people we, we always said you know we're a friends and family company we're going to treat you as if you're just as important as any family member we're going to treat you like you're part of the ownership team mm. and so in turning 10 we said you know what we're not going to we're no longer going to treat you like your owners we're going to make you owners mm.